Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. UPUI Jaguars. Coach Rim, how are things going with you guys up there, man? It's going good, man. Thank, thanks for having me, but everything's going good up here. Well, Coach, first of all, I want to ask you, how's your family, your friends, your team, and your staff? I know it's been a tough time with COVID-19 taking over the, the last three months here. How's it been for you and your staff and your family, man? Yeah, everything's going good. Our staff's been doing a good job of staying quarantined. Uh, uh, two of the guys actually originally from from Indianapolis, so they've been at home with their family. And one of my other coaches, uh, he's from Kansas, but he he's been just staying in the house. So everybody, everybody's been been doing pretty well. Uh, we only have one kid that stay here during the break. Uh, he didn't want to go home, and uh, and but my family, they they they're in Texas right now. They're doing well right now, also. Now, Coach, how different has it been this offseason having to deal with COVID-19? You know, a lot of Zoom meetings, probably a lot of FaceTiming with your players. Uh, how has that been different for you? And also, how's it how's it helped you in recruiting as well? Because I feel like we're recruiting now. Everybody's on the same playing field to a degree now. You can't just go travel to the place. You got to do it via Zoom and FaceTime on the recruiting side as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, our staff did a really good job. They, I mean, they have. 2020 kids, 2021, 2022 kids already lined up uh, who we offered already. So it's kind of like, and I think a lot of Division One coaches are like that. So uh, they don't just go off the hip every year. They, they already know who we want this year, next year, and all that stuff. So we've been doing a really good job of talking to, to the guys, especially on Zoom and talking to people on the phone and stuff like that. So it's, it's been a really good experience. You're, uh, you're learning. Um, we're doing, you know, I think, Everybody's doing a, a better job of keeping in contact with recruits now instead of, you know, flying here, flying here, going to this AU event, going to this AU event. So uh, it, it's been a it's been a different – I shouldn't say summer. It's been like it's been summer for three months, but it's been a different situation going on right now. Most definitely. And I know uh, getting this job here as an interim head coach here last year, and again, again, for next year you'll be an interim coach. How did it feel for you to get back in, into 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 the game being a head coach? I know you've been a head coach of previous stops, previous A&M, of course, and, you know, so I know you and also a job Christian. So I know you've been a head coach. How did it feel to get back to being a head coach? I know for me, coach, I couldn't go back to being a co-host again and like it. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I like to run my own show. So how do you feel getting back to run, run your own show again? Yeah, it, it feels good, especially when you can actually – uh, you know, the guys that are returning, I mean, you got to think about it. We got the number one uh, returning rebound in the country coming back, and we got the number one uh, backcourt scorers in the country coming back next year. And they'll have a year of, of putting in our, our, our stuff, uh, putting in our offense, our defense. Um, guys know, know who we are. So, it, And a lot of people will be a lot more comfortable this year. And plus, with the added guys that we got coming in next year, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have a really good season. Um, I think we'll be a lot more comfortable on the floor. 
um, a, a lot more comfortable, you know, sitting on the sidelines with our players and stuff like that. So I, I really feel that uh, next year is going to be a really good and a really improved season for our program. And, Coach, you know, uh, what's been the biggest adjustment for you for trying to hold young men accountable when you can't really touch them and see them? You know what I'm saying? They're, they're virtual uh, pretty much. So uh, I know accountability is a big piece of the pie for a college athlete. So how do you hold those young men accountable now when you can't see them or touch them every day? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're doing a good job academically. Um, um, we got some really sound academic kids and stuff like that. So uh, they've been doing a good job of, of going to their Zoom classes, uh, uh, staying connected with our staff. Uh, we had the team split up into four. So each coach had had, uh, had three or four guys um, um, to them. So they we kept in contact like that. And, and you know, we, like I said before, we had some really good guys that are really responsible, and they, they really they really made it easy for us. So um, that helps us a lot in, the, in that situation. And, Coach, I'd like to ask Coach's question. Uh, what would you call the ideal principles you want to have a IUPUI Jaguar to possess? Because I like to hear, like, like, what kind of young man are you looking for? What kind of character and integrity do you want those young men to have when they come and join your program? You know, uh, we like the guys that do what they're supposed to do and say what they're or, or what they're going to say. So um, I like those guys that, that come to the table. Um, they do what they're supposed to do. Um, they listen to us. Um, they follow their directions. They go to class on time. They show up to practice on time. They show up to weights on time, and they listen. They go into the classroom. They have the hats off. They sit in the front. They're listening. So you do little stuff like that. Uh, um, it makes life a lot easier for you and makes life a lot easier for us as a coaching staff. Most definitely. And, Coach, uh, for, you know, big, a big part of it is team building and chemistry. So what kind of things do you guys do uh, when, it's, when it's a normal situation to kind of build that chemistry and camaraderie and team building? Because uh, when you, things get tough in the second half or go to a rough stretch, if you're not together connected, it's going to be hard for a young man. If you're not all on the same page, so how do you guys kind of go about making sure your young men are all connected as one, as just one team and one vision and one mission? Yeah, um, well, we do a lot of little team bonding stuff early in the season. Uh, we didn't do it as much last year because we had, like, a quick turnaround with the coaching staff and stuff like that. So, but what we, what we do, we, we do a lot of stuff. When we we did some stuff last year. Uh, we went into those, uh, what, what's it called, those little uh, rooms, um, um, escape rooms. Uh, escape room, yeah. Yeah, we did that a couple of times. Uh, uh, and, and, and we're just around each other a lot and stuff like that. So um, we, we keep doing that. Um, um, a lot of, a lot of running conditioning together. Um, a lot of, uh, we did a lot of little stuff, uh, you know, going to movies and, and, and that and type of stuff. So, um, you know, for guys, you know, they, they don't mind doing that type of stuff. Most definitely, most definitely, Coach. And also, I feel like, that, you know, it always helps the team, for, for sure. And also, you know, you, can, you kind of mentioned conditioning and working out, so I want to kind of ask you about that, too. With COVID-19, I know they can't do it together, so I guess the strength coach giving the young men a workout plan for the workout on their own and run and jump and use bands. Is that how it's going? Because I'm curious to know about how, how about that, because I know strength conditioning is a very key part to a, a basketball team and being in shape. So how's that piece been going so far? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Now, now the gyms are open up and guys can get the gyms and they're, they're a lot more comfortable um we had guys that worked on their weaknesses like um one of our guys he, he you know he said his weakness is dribbling so you know he did a lot of dribbling outside um he did a lot of videos and sent it to us as, as, as a team um guys that would run uh lift weights a lot of push-ups and stuff like that so uh we did that little stuff i, I know it's not as what we would really do because you know you can't get to the gym they can't get shots up 
Um, so a lot of jogging, uh, a lot of running. Um, they did all that, that type of stuff. It's kind of like the minor, small stuff that you take for granted that they did. Uh, you know, um, dribbling, passing to the wall. Um, because, you know, we had some guys that like, well, I'm just going to go to the park and shoot, and then they go to the park, and the hoops were taken down from the park. So um, it was just a tough situation all the way around. But everybody in the country is going through it, uh, unless you got your own little private gym at your house. So um, they did that little stuff, and uh, but they, they – they stayed together. And, Coach, uh, just talk about Indianapolis as, as a whole, Coach, uh, as an area. So, for a young man from Atlanta or in the South want to come up there, kind of let them know what, what Indianapolis offers them if they decide to want to come to your program down the road. Yeah, like I, I was telling you before, we got one of the best downtown areas there is uh, in the country. I, I lived in L.A., Houston. I lived in Georgia. I lived in South Carolina. I lived in Wisconsin. And we have an exciting downtown area. And our school is smack dab in the heart of downtown Indianapolis. So um, when guys come down here, they fall in love with our city. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, it's great weather, especially in the summertime. It's great weather. Um, you know, it gets cold in the wintertime, but in the summertime, in the spring, it's great weather out here. So guys fall in love with it, uh, uh, just being downtown. Um, you know, we got some guys that when they graduate, they don't even want to leave. They, they, they still live in Indianapolis. So uh, we have a great downtown area. Uh, we have a great gym that we play in. We play in an off-site campus in the arena downtown at the State Fair Coliseum. So we got some we got some great attributes to our school that uh, uh, when you come on a visit, uh, they want to come inside. Most definitely. And, Coach, now I kind of was scheduling-wise. I know it's probably been tough this year because I'm, I'm pushing you to play a guaranteed game, a few of them here and there, man. And I, I know probably some of them are probably tiered with COVID or not, COVID, whether you play the game or not. So how tough has it been trying to schedule games knowing that, hey, the, the, the money may not be the same as it usually is each year out there? Those buy games at least, for sure. Yeah, it, it's pretty tough because we're, we're trying to find – and we're in a Division One bed area. So, you know, you, you go right down the street, you got Butler, and you go 30 miles up the road. You got uh, Indiana University. You got Notre Dame. Um, so we got some big-time uh, um, schools in our area. So it, it's kind of hard because we want to try to get games in our area um, that we don't have to be on the planes and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been pretty tough. Uh, uh, a lot of teams in our conference, um, you know, contracts are being changed right now. Uh, a game that might be $90,000 might turn into $60,000. Uh, you know, we also – we got an offer this year that, okay, you can come to our gym um, and we'll give you 80000 but just in case there's no fans, we'll give you 15000 So we're like, wow, that's a big drop-off from 80000 to 15000 But that's some of the stuff that you see in contracts right now because of the virus and a lot, a lot of schools – Mostly all the schools are, are affected by this uh, situation. Mo Dev, I've been sitting with some assistant coaches in the area here who's, who showed me some of those contracts. I was like, wow, I can only shake my head, you know. But uh, and I was thinking to myself, a certain big school here in Georgia has the money to pay you COVID or not, but I know what they're doing, you know. I was like, I just shook my head, you know, like, okay. It's messed up how they how they doing it right now. But just talk about your league as a league. Horizon League is, is a great league, man. Uh, uh, you added Robert Morris to it. I know that Coach Nagy does a good job over there at Wright State. Uh, you got uh, 
You know, we got Greg Campy up there, the OG up there at Oakland as well. You know, a lot of you got, got a lot of different guys in there. The, uh, the North Swell with Darren Horn. So let's talk about the league as a whole, man. About the great coaching in the Horizon League and where's the, how it's going to be going forward, man. Yeah, it's, it's a great league, as you can tell. Like you, you win twenty, you 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 win twenty games in our league, and you do well. I mean, uh, these bigger conferences are snatching our coaches up. So we're in a great league right now. Um, great coaches. You got Mike Davis that, that came down from me. You know, he was the head coach of Indiana that, that went to the national championship. So we got some great coaches in this league that are uh, – it, it's tough to keep them around because you do a great job and, and, and bigger schools are snatching them up. So we're in that type of league. So um, it, it's very competitive. I mean, we got – you know, we have a guy um, – um, Youngstown State got guys that actually put their name in the NBA draft and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, our, our league is, is, is up and coming. It's is, is booming right now. And uh, I, I think that the best is yet to come. Most definitely. And uh, like I said, you and my Davis have something in common being the SWAC conference. So talk about being a, in, the, in the SWAC conference and talk about how, how the, the SWAC was and the environment culture at the HBCU school. I'm, I'm a TSU grad. I went to Tennessee State, so I'm a HBCU grad as well. So how was it to, you know, coach at HBCU school and be in that league, the SWAC, which is a historic league for, for African-Americans? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, you know, it, it's still just basketball, but it's a different it's a different atmosphere. Um, you know, um, there's a lot more bands that come to the, to the games, uh, when you have in, in the swag, there was a lot more bands, but you know, we have some really good support up here in the horizon league. Also, when you, when you step on that floor at, at, at Rice state at Northern Kentucky, um, it's, it's, it's the same atmosphere. So, um, it, it, it's a great environment. I, I think the basketball is a lot better up here in the Horizon League, but it's great basketball down in the swag too. And and I think everything is is even itself out. But uh, um, you know, but from top to bottom, that Horizon League is is it's, it's really really tough. Whereas the swag, you might have the you know one of the top two teams that are really good. But in Horizon League, one through twelve right now, since we have it, Robert Morris are are, are a really great basketball team. Yeah, because they 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 went to the tournament last year for the NEC though. So yeah, the, you know, any two does a good job over there at Robert Morris. There, that's when I got that's when I got for way coaches this. Uh, who have been some people professionally and personally that has really helped mold you as a, as a man and helped you throughout your career as being a coach here? Yeah, well, my dad. I mean, start start from my dad from the beginning. You know, my dad is a is a is a, is a great human being. Uh, um, he graduated from Virginia Tech. He was a cadet. Uh, he was in the Air Force, so he made sure that I I I I, I you know, started on the right foot as a young man. And, and, you know, one thing my dad always used to tell me, man, is it's, it's not just about basketball, you know, it's not about basketball. So he made, he made me, uh, he, he really made me see that, you know, there's more life than just basketball. So um, I have the whole spectrum, but, you know, as basketball coaches, I had a uh, uh, Philip Matthews that was uh, uh, really important in my development as a basketball player and, and as a coach. And also uh, you probably know, uh, uh, Coach Petaway down at Alabama A&M, um, um, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he was one of my coaches when I first went to college and stuff, and uh, he, he he put a lot of uh, a great basketball in me also. So um, I had some great role models uh, growing up in, in my basketball career. Well, Coach Ram, I wish you all success in the world. I followed you when you was in the SWAC conference there with Perry Perry Review because I always keep out on the SWAC and the MEAC because just because I went to TSU, of course, I got to keep on what all FCU schools are doing. So I definitely want you to have a, a great time at IUP. I hope they keep you there full time, help you knock it out of the park this year, man, and set up a great culture there and keep, be there for years to come, man. All right. Thank you so much.
Anytime. Have a great one. So, Coach, be safe, man. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. It's Byron Rim on the Boss Angel. Grab a hold of Big Breakfast Flavor at Hardee's. Try two breakfast sliders for just $2.99. Get Applewood smoked bacon or freshly grilled sausage with fluffy eggs and golden melty cheese all on a toasty little bun. Good morning. Start at Hardee's. Available now for a limited time at participating restaurants. Tax not included. All right, folks. Back in the Boss Man Show. Going to the MEAC Conference. The North Carolina A&T Aggies new coach. Will Jones got the full-time job now. Coach Jones, what's good, man? Oh, man. All is well, man. Just, you know... Just grinding, man. Just about to hit the golf course for a little while. Well, Coach, let me take you back, man. Uh, you might not remember this, but I know you very well because I just got a coach size basketball camp at Tennessee State University. You was a great assistant there, man. So I saw you in your early days as I was growing up playing ball for my last few years there, man, getting ready for college, man. So I know you. I know your history, man, for real. Hey, man, those were the glory days, man, where I started it all at. And uh, 19 years later, man, you know, it all paid off. Yes, indeed, most definitely. Well, tell me this, man. What does it mean for you to kind of get your head coaching gig, man? You know, you was there for a while at A&T. You've been on a journey of different places, coached high school balling for a year, man. So for your, the journey you've been on in the last, last 19 years, Coach, how does, how does it feel to have this job and it's yours now leading these Aggies going forward, knowing that you have an opportunity to build your brand, build a culture, build a roster going forward of young men? Man, unbelievable, man. You know, all of the stops that I've made, you know, from high school uh, to starting as a GA in the OVC, Tennessee State, working D2 at one of the smaller HBCUs, Lemoyne on, and then now, 19 years later, being able to take the helm of the largest HBCU in the world, and not only that, at a time period where I can help take this situation over to the PWI side and be a major factor, so... It's been uh, it's quite a it's quite a responsibility, man. But I'm I'm glad that I'm the guy that's going to have a chance to do it. And uh, how has it been with you and your staff, man? With COVID nineteen, you can't have guys on campus. Guys are at home. A lot of Zoom meetings, our Facetime meetings. How's it just just been for you guys trying to keep your team together and keep your guys on task here? Man, the bottom line right now, I'm just trying to uh, let our guys understand that this is a real life situation. This is not a basketball deal. And so I'm trying to teach them during this time, uh, you know, how to deal with something that we don't have a con- any control over. And so, you know, just trying to impact our guys in that situation and letting them understand, man, you got to focus on what you're doing, but you need to pay attention to what's going on around you. And you kind of speak to a little bit, Coach. How, and with the times we're in right now, after the murders of George Floyd, Ray Sharp, Bush, Breonna Taylor, and others as well, trying to teach your young men about the, the world as well and about how we have another pandemic going on too, which is police brutality and other things in the world. And so how have you ch- talked about the, the, what's going on in the world with your team as well? Because you are at H- HBCU school and you got a lot of young black men on your roster who are going to become husbands and fathers going forward here real soon. How have you used this opportunity to teach them about life as well? Well, you know, I had them do some research and, 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 and research and see what systematic racism is, see what racism is, gave them some examples what that systematic racism is about and, and tried to give them a plan about, hey, listen, I know you want to play basketball for the rest of your career, but when that basketball bounces, uh, stops bouncing, you need to be able to use your degree and now try to get in those positions, okay, to be leaders amongst the people that you'll be working with. And so that's what we're going to really focus on in my tenure is allowing those guys to, hey, listen, basketball is great. 
we're going to push you to the highest level. But now I need you to focus on when you're done playing basketball, you need to be able to get into a position to affect change. And we're really going to continue to talk about that going forward. Now, Coach Jones, now you're, you're, you got a little, got to be the head man when Coach Jordan resigned there this year. So, how did you prepare yourself over these years to become a head coach? What, what, was, what, was, what was the things you did to kind of get yourself, if I was the head coach, I'll do this, or after an ATO play here, or how did you kind of prepare yourself all these years to, for this role you're in right now? Uh, you got to dive into the job that you're doing at, the, at that time and really dive into it, not to look too far ahead. Not, you know, not focus too much on what you did before. Dive into what you're doing, pay attention, and, and put the time in to, so that when you get there, you're ready. Because so, when you get there, you don't have time to go backwards. Uh, you got to be ready to go forward. And so that's kind of what I try to do over the 19 years, really dive into it, research, uh, try to do it at the highest level that I could. Don't take no for an answer. Try to figure out how the highest level was doing it and duplicate it. And so, you know, that's kind of the, that's the formula I use over the last 19 years. And, of course, you've played for some great coaches, worked with some great coaches over the years. So you have a basis for building a program. So what for you coaches is an ideal North Carolina A&T Aggie that you want in your program? You know, I, I just want talented guys that's going to come in and be focused on academics. Um, you know, that's the first thing. And they'll have an opportunity to come out here and compete at the highest level. You know what I mean? You know, we're not looking at ourselves as, you know, a MEAC team or – a big South team. We're looking. We're, we're going to try to be one of the top mid-major plus programs in the nation. And so, you know, I need guys with that focus and that you know that talent level, and that's the kind of kids that we're going to recruit. Most definitely, and you kind of have experience with it already because so, Tennessee State's in the OVC, and you know you guys go head to the Big South. You gotta know how it is when you leave the safety of the Black Conference per se and move to the PWI Conference. So, with that experience you had TSU there for those two years that you just GA has to help you now with AT is your transition into the Big South going forward. Definitely, man. You know, working working in the OVC, uh, working in the Big South, you know, gives me a great baseline on the type of guys we need but also you know at the junior college level you know working with some of the top junior college players in the nation year in and year out it also shows me the type of kids that i want to recruit at the at, at a level higher than both of those leagues and it's all about relationships so you know that's our that's going to be our goal and uh, we're going to try to get those kids on campus now, Coach, uh, for us keeping guys in shape this, this, during this COVID-19, how has that been? Have you guys given them, like, plans to kind of work out if they can get to a hoop or not gonna get to a hoop, kind of do some in the, in the driveway things to keep voice conditioning-wise? To keep, you don't want to come back in August and be just way out of shape and start from scratch there. You know, I'm not putting a ton of uh, emphasis on that right now. Uh, I'm trying to – I want to make sure those guys are, are safe. You know what I mean? Uh, it's good mm-hmm. to get guys in in the summer and all that. But uh, right now, man, it's about safety. You know what I mean? It's really about safety and making sure that they're following the protocols that everybody else is following. And really, that's all I'm concerned about at this point. Most definitely. And I know uh, another part of your job is always hard is scheduling games. And I've, I've seen some different agreements out there where you, you know, you, not for you, but other schools where you have to, they offer you one thing, but if it's no fans, it's another thing. You got to raise money for university. Uh, that's part of being in the, in the MEAC and going to the Big South as well at your level. So how tough has it been to schedule games around this COVID-19 crisis as, as well? You know, man, we're going to schedule. We're going to play a competitive schedule. And uh, we're going to make sure that, uh, you know, we do what we need to do to put our program 
in the uh, in the position we need to have it in. And uh, you know, if that just, you know, we don't want to play a ton of you know guarantee games. We don't we don't have to at North Carolina A and T, but we want to we want to play a competitive schedule for the guys that we recruit. Most definitely. And you know what, Coach? I feel like uh, non-conference scheduling is, is a big part because it prepares the young men for conference play. You know, you, you can kind of see the different, different styles that you may see in conference play. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times young men cannot get discouraged by non-conference scheduling because sometimes it may, may not go your way, but just, it's used to prepare, give a bit of foundation for that conference play coming up there in January. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we want to be. We want to play and have a chance to win every game we play, and and the scheduling is the first part of that. And um, you know, like I said, we're going to put the schedule together to be competitive. And like I said, we want to we want to have a chance to win those games. That's what I got for you, Coach Man. Uh, for as you, man, just talk to a little bit about some individuals who really helped you in your career, man. That you want to kind of shout out and really bit 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 a lot to you in your development as a coach and as a man. You know, man, that's all of the guys that I've worked for, you know, you know, start from the beginning of uh, Coach Alexander, you know, working for him at Tennessee State for him, you know, Smokey David Gaines at Lemoyne Owen, who gave me my opportunity, you know, Bruce Stewart, uh, Byron Samuels, Cliff Warren, Barkley Greaterball, all of those guys gave me an unbelievable baseline to get better. And, uh, you know, I just I appreciate, you know, them building into me during my career. Mo Devin, Coach Jones, I get that golf course, man. I hope you have a great time today at the course, man. Hope to talk to you again real soon, man. Happy you got this job, man. Most best luck to you, my brother. Talk to you real soon, man. Hey, man, anytime I want to be a regular on the show, especially when we start playing games, man, look forward to hearing from you. Most definitely, Coach Dwayne. We got you, man. All right, now, thanks. No doubt. It's Will Jones on the Boss Man Show. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. Folks, we're back on the Boss Man Show. We have a special guest from the, from the Green Bay Phoenix, their new head coach, Will Ryan, with me here on the Boss Man Show. Coach Ryan, man, how's life treating you with getting this gig, man, up there in Green Bay, man? Well, I'm currently in West Virginia. I, I coached at uh, Wheeling University the past year, and I went up a week or two ago to Green Bay for the press conference and all that. And on Father's Day, we drove back to West Virginia. We've got to sell our house and get all of our, our affairs in order so that we can turn around and head back to Green Bay and get started. So um, it's just been a whirlwind uh, these last few weeks. Just everything happened so quickly. I never anticipated that the Green Bay job would open up, and when it did, you, know, you throw your throw your name in there, and all of a sudden, you find out a week or two later, you get an interview, and then it was like speed dating. After that, it was interview after interview after interview for like three, four days. Then I got the offer, and you know, dream come true. Now, uh, how was interviewing for a job in a pandemic? I know you probably a lot of Zoom calls, probably some FaceTiming and talking to different people involved. So how was that process of kind of applying for a job in the middle of a pandemic where you really can't travel as much like you want to, per se, but still want to get still want to get to know you? So how was that process? Well, I haven't been through too many interview processes with, you know, head jobs. And so – you know, just doing everything by phone. And we did have a couple uh, uh, Zoom meetings 
and got to see like the players face to face, or at least the guys that are returning. And, you know, they're, they're all hunkered down at home, sitting on their beds and, uh, you know, probably half asleep after I got done talking to them. But uh, no, it was, it was interesting to say the least, you know, cause you don't get a chance to get on campus and shake hands and look everybody in the eye. So when you're doing all these interviews over the phone or on zoom, and uh, you can't see people as clearly, you know, you, you don't know if you're talking too much, you didn't answer their questions well enough. It, so, yeah, it's a little, little nerve-wracking, but we got through it. Most definitely, and I, I can only imagine getting the job so late, but this year it's not as bad because of the pandemic kind of helps you out in that regard because nobody's really doing anything right now. We all kind of waiting to see mode and guys are at home and, and on, on devices just being safe. So getting a job this late really not as bad as it would be in a, in a normal year. Right. And when you, when you take over a job, uh, you know, you, you have to assess the situation and, you know, who's coming, who's going in terms of recruits, you know, what they're losing with transfers or graduating seniors, so right away you want to get out ahead of things and you want to try to retain, you know, as many guys as possible. So that was one of the probably the first order of business was to, you know, talk to the guys, try to expedite the process in building that relationship, you know, via phone or Zoom calls and, uh, you know, just try to explain, you know, show them who I am, you know, genuine and, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm here for the right reasons and I'm here for you guys. And I think, you know, we hit it off really well and, you know, knock on wood, nobody said they're leaving. So, you know, I'm just, I'm thrilled that they, they stayed committed uh, and, you know, are, are looking forward to me being their next head coach. Most definitely, and the fact that you have a history in, in Wisconsin from your dad and guy, guys know, know know the name up there in Wisconsin has to help as well, the name recognition part of it as, as well. Yeah, and I can uh, you know honestly say I I learned most of my basketball knowledge from my dad, but you know I've been around some other good coaches where I've learned things and picked up some things as well. But, yeah, the name the name goes a long way. There's a lot of history there. And, uh, you know, just I, I've been outside of the state for 13 years now in North Dakota State for seven as an assistant, Ohio University for five and head coach at Wheeling for one. But I've, you know, recruited the state really well and still have lots of connections, friends, family. So it was just great. It's great to be back home and, you know, just talking to, you know, new people I'm meeting and it's, Hey, do you know, so-and-so have you been here, done this, whatever. And all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you, you feel so good. Like you, if you haven't left the state and you haven't been gone for 13 years, Most so definitely. the transition so far has been, been going well. Most definitely. And I've been to green Bay a few times with the Falcons when I did Falcon games. So it was very enjoyable to be there. Uh, it was just weird flying into Appleton, though. That was the only thing about it was weird. Flying to Appleton, then you drive into Green Bay. That was the only thing about it was a little weird. But beyond that, man, it was cool. It was as cold as, cold as heck. That's all. <laughs> I'm not used to the cold. It's <laughs> <laughs> only part hey, about I'm, it. I'm born, born and raised there. I'm used to it. It's in my blood. Yeah, man, the only part about it, a little bit too cold for it because coach, the coach I have from then in Atlanta is not the coach needed in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's just not. Right. 
Yep, you need a you need a big parka for, for Green Bay. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And so, Coach, how did you go about all these years of being an assistant, preparing to be a head coach? Because I know when I was a co-host of my earliest radio, I tried to prepare think of myself as if I was the host itself, what I would do if I was the main host. So how did you prepare your mind over the years and prepare yourself to become a head coach at Wheeler now, now the head coach here at Green Bay? Well, I think it even, you know, goes beyond that. Just growing up in the gym with my dad and uh, being around all, all his teams and seeing how he operated and, uh, you know, how he coached his teams, you know, you learn so much through that. And, then I was an assistant coach for uh, my former boss and mentor, Saul Phillips. I was with him for, for 12 years as an assistant. And so, you know, you learn, you learn a lot of things. You, you bounce ideas off of him and, you know, he lets you do some things on, on your own, but you know, when you're the head coach, you get the final say. So you always try to prepare yourself for, for those, you know, when those opportunities arise or, you know, when you when you finally get there, you know you want to you, you you try to you, you brainstorm ideas, you write down notes, you know you you make a journal of stuff, and uh, you know because you're constantly learning, and that's you know just like in life, you're always learning. Most definitely. And what do you feel like in the ideal? Green Bay things will be for you. I do young man you want if you're in your program because building a program and building a culture is so important to any program success. So what'll be your eight the typical young man you want in your program? Well, I mean, despite you know, the, the, just fitting the needs, you know, you know, position wise and, and all those things, you know, they pass the eye test, are they good basketball players? I mean, despite all that, um, you know, I want, I'm going to recruit kids that take their education seriously, are, are going to work hard every day in the, in the classroom, but also in the weight room, uh, conditioning, obviously on the court. And are you a good teammate? You know, are you, do you applaud and cheer for your teammate when, when he scores 20 and you only scored four and vice versa? You know, those, those things, because, in order to build your culture and, uh, you know, create that, that atmosphere and so everybody shares your vision, you have to everybody on the same page. So getting everybody to buy in and, you know, play for the good of the group and play for one another, not just me, but, you know, play for your teammates and play for the GB on your chest. You know, that's what, that's what's important to me. Most definitely. And I feel like, you know, Having an NBA team like the Bucks right there in your backyard will help those young men too. You just look how the Bucks play and how they are together. It's a good example for those guys. And uh, you know, uh, of course, I, I know Coach Bud pretty well from his time with Atlanta Hawks. So I know him pretty well. And you know, he teaches togetherness and playing together, being connected. So I think that's it. Watching the Bucks, which is right in the backyard, it'll be helpful for, for your team because seeing how they play the game of basketball in such a flawless, together way, and it's just fun to watch a lot of nights out there, seeing them do do their thing out there, shoot those threes. Well, I don't think we have a Giannis on our roster in terms of you know, in it. <laughs> MVP with with a seven footer with length and just a dominating force like that. Maybe one maybe one day we can get one. But uh, no, they're they're so much fun to watch, and 
you know, when when I was with Coach Phillips at Ohio University, a lot of teams in the MAC they called us the Golden State Warriors of the MAC because of the way we shared the ball, and we played, you know, we passed up a, a good shot for a great shot, and because you know you do that, then the next time down your teammate will do that to you, and you know the Bucks are very similar in that regard, just playing unselfish, playing for one another, and that's what you know we'll try to emulate. Most definitely, and uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, Coach, and you're in a great league, man. The Horizon League is a great league, you know, top to bottom. It's tough, and now you're adding in Robert Morris and Andy Tool. They did way one their conference last year going to the tournament. So from top to bottom, a tough. I'm talking about that league as a whole, man. And, man you know, you got the, the OG Greg Campy at Oakland, man. You got Mike Davis at Detroit and Byron Rim at IUPUI. I mean, you got Coach Nagy down there at Wright State and, of course, Darren Horn at Northern. So the league is tough from top to bottom, man. No, it's a great league, and, you know, obviously it's changed over the years. Uh, you know, Butler had their run, and then they they left, and, you know, now you've got IEPUI and IPFW back, or, you know, they're, they're in the league. They left the Summit League where I was at North Dakota State, and Coach Nagy was at South Dakota State when we were at North Dakota State. So, like, I'm familiar, same thing with Oakland. Uh, Oakland was in the league for a while. So we're very familiar with, the coaches and the and style of play, uh, you know, with those teams. And, you know, there's, there's very good coaches in the league. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a grind night in, night out. But, you know, we're looking forward to that. And do you feel that since you guys, uh, you know, or the conference is so tough, man, that, you know, you're getting that respect that maybe one day that you can get to become a two B league because, I think there's so much good basketball going on in that league. And, you know, just think this year that, you know, Wright State won all those games and probably weren't going to make the tournament. And they and they played a, a great schedule, a great team. But, of course, Northern Kentucky won, won the title. But do you think that you guys, where the league is getting better from top to bottom, that one day maybe you maybe guys can get a second beat, hopefully, for, for, for you guys' conference? Well, I mean, that's the goal. You know, it's and so much of that is based on scheduling and – you know, do you get some of those high majors, you know, the big boys on a neutral court and, you know, get a win or two? That's obviously going to help. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to control what you can control. And, you know, you're, you're fighting and jockeying for position to win that, uh, that conference tournament championship. But, uh, no, I mean, it would, that'd be huge for the league if we could get two. That would, uh, That'd be really nice. Most definitely. Well, Coach Ryan, thank you for your time today. It's good to talk to you, man. Hope to talk to you again more, more time down the road. If you ever Atlanta recruiting, man, I'm going to shoot you my number offline here so we can text me and we'll maybe get some food or something when you're in town, man. Perfect. I'd enjoy that very much, yeah. Most definitely. Thanks, Co- thanks a lot for your time. Most definitely, Coach. Be safe, man. I'm congratulations to you and your family, man. Just be safe with COVID-19, man. Hope to talk to you again real soon, man, once things get going, man. Thanks, JR. I appreciate it. Anytime. It's Real Ryan on the Boss Man Show. How do you feel about your office? Is it just a space for your company, or is it a space to help you grow your company? From new HQs to satellite offices, with WeWork, you can find a space that works for you. Visit we.co slash space matters to learn more.
Foes, back on the Boss Man Show with my bro, Tony T-Bone Williams. Bone, what's up, my brother? I'm chilling, man. Just trying to stay cool up here in this heat. How you doing? Man, I'm great. I'm here in the bunker here in Atlanta, uh, taping this show, growing a beard better than somebody else I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Nick Nurse. Yeah, Nick Nurse is too. <laughs> exactly. Most definitely. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. Let's jump into it, folks. You've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's the boss report. First story bone is this. Florida man arrested after cutting off his Johnson, his neighbor Johnson, after the neighbor's dog took a piss in his yard. <laughs> so his yard got wet up. Uh, neighbor's dog, so in retaliation, he cut off his own member, right? Yes. Man, that's that logic I'm behind for Florida Man News. That makes that makes sense when you consider the Florida Man News. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Get this naked Florida man arrested after running into his neighbor's tree for no reason repeatedly. For no reason? Yeah, he ran into the neighbor's tree naked. He ran into the tree naked for no reason. Maybe it's like a spiritual thing. Maybe it's like a holistic thing. <laughs> Maybe he's just one of those tree huggers they hear about. I don't know. Like that, that, that doesn't sound. I mean, maybe. Hey, or maybe it's meth. Meth? Yeah, could be meth for sure. It could be meth. My God, here we go. Florida woman arrested after knee and child in the groin at Walmart who looking at her booty. Need a child? Yes. How old is a child? Eleven. So who? Her booty big. Now she the woman. The, the woman is a what else? Us. And the child is what else? Us. Really? I was gonna say if the child was a different else, maybe he didn't see that kind of thing around his own house. So he's just curious. So, but I don't know what the reason is this time. Like. Like, he should appreciate, like, even a little, a little itty man, you know, itty bitty man, it's always something around and around, they like it, you know, he's curious, so why do you need it enough for Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Um, Florida man arrested after selling illegally not dead iguanas <laughs> to patrons who wanted to have make iguana stew. Oh, snap. <laughs> They but, woke up in the water. Woke up. They, wo- they woke up. Oh, so it was like the person who bought them, it was like pre-show factor, huh? <laughs> Thought they were dead, but you put them in that boy in hot water, they wake up. Yeah, they, 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 they probably got worried too, I'm sure. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that's probably some, some terrifying thing. We think of dead, and you, and you start cooking it, and all of a sudden, like, I ain't dead yet. Like, that, that would be terrifying. <laughs> Like, remember, iguanas aren't dead, people. It's bone. How is it that Floridians don't still know this? They're yeah. not dead. They're sleeping. Yes. And how the guy from Jersey know this and y'all don't? Man, I don't understand these people. Um, Florida man arrested after getting naked in wine store and taking a dump on some Stella Rosa. Was he marking his territory? Like, that's my wine? <laughs> I guess he was. <laughs> <laughs> was it a wine tasting kind of thing? Or was it just like he walked in naked? Walked in naked? 
okay. Well, I mean, I've been to watch Hastings. Sometimes those things take, you know, get a little rowdy. Uh, but uh, he just walked in and took a dog. He's like, Mark territory. <laughs> yes. Like, this is mine. This is mine. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Florida man installed an ambulance, arrested, leading law enforcement on a multi-county chase, and ended up alive, and he wasn't a viral. Oh, yeah. Because he ends up alive, because he wasn't our ilk. So that that was that was probably the lead part of it, you know. Man who's not of our ilk stole a car, let his car chase, and ended up telling about it later on. So yeah, so obviously he wasn't. Oh my goodness, this is weird. Florida woman sues her neighbor for a goat paternity test. See if their goats got their goats pregnant. Are uh, these like prize goats? Like, you know, because I know dog breeders are very sensitive about kind. Dog and horse breeders are very sensitive. But goat breeder? Like, it's a goat, yo. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I, I, I don't know, bro. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not up on goats. I'm not up on <laughs> those things. Man. God help us. Florida man steals a million dollar boat and crashes it. A billion dollar boat? A million and crashed it. Ooh. And so he was us? No. Okay, okay. I I think so. Like, you know, steal a million dollar boat, man, and let me tell about it in Florida. That's some kind of privilege to do that, man. I mean, typically a cap to you in that one, my man. <laughs> man. Uh-oh, here we go. It's yes, shenanigans here. Florida man quits after restaurant changes name of blackened chicken wings to I can't breathe wings. You got record for that? Yes. He's the owner of the place? Yes. Oh, because some people, that phrase would be offensive to a certain brand of people might be offensive. But that is not illegal nor offensive. So how are you going to rest for that unless you are, you know, of us? He, yeah, and he, and he wasn't of us and he got arrested mm-hmm. for it. Wow, so it's really that deep. The hate is that deep where they arrest one of their own because he's supporting our cause. That is, that is deep hatred right there, y'all. Yes. Um... Florida man on cocaine arrested after after pulling out his Johnson in the middle of Walgreens and other bizarre behavior like pouring Pepsi on on different aisles. Ha! That coke is a hell of a drug, man. He he was on it. He was on it, man. I mean, he probably thought it was a good idea. They got his sword <laughs> in the middle of, middle of broad daylight. You know that that coke, man. And, and you know, like Paul Mooney said, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Man, what you said. Um, Florida men arrested carrying over a thousand grams of weed trying to steal, steal a plane to meet girlfriend in California. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a thousand pounds of weed? Yes. And he's trying to steal a plane? Yes, to go to California and see his girlfriend. To go see his girl, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he probably saw too many TV shows. He probably watched, he probably finished watching Snowfall, and I was just like, that's a good idea to me. Oh, God, Bone, this is going to make you cringe. Um, naked Florida woman arrested after biting off uh, her boyfriend's Johnson to Smith and Rings. 
to naked in, in public? Yes. Now, how are you how are both naked in public and, and, do, and doing these lewd acts? Bill's in the park. Yeah, in the park. Oh, yeah, okay, I get that. So they're in the park naked. It's like they're secluded. Things, things turn sideways for, for poor old dude, and she just did it all. I mean, I just can't imagine that kind of torture and pain, man. Because it's not like a simple bite and removal thing. It's like you got to gnaw on that thing for me, I'm sure. So, ooh, wee. That, that man did not deserve whatever happened. I, I, don't, I don't think almost anything necessary that, you know, that requires what happened to the old dude, man. Nah, that was terrible. That was horrible, <laughs> man. That was horrible. Oh, my God. Um, Florida man found hiding under a burning bush and bleeding from right right buttocks after driving drunk, smashing the five other vehicles while naked. <laughs> That's a good old Wednesday night for old Earl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that right. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. This is terrible. Oh, God. Florida man Disney cast member arrested after masturbating at Toyota dealership of Orlando. So he's in a, a costume doing this? He, he took it off and masturbated in the showroom at the Toyota of Orlando dealership. And they, they gave him the reason why this happened? He's just horny? <laughs> I don't know. Because I got some of these questions. Like, I have questions because you said he took that Cosmo Paul. Okay, because how are you gonna get down like that with with a giant ass paw, <laughs> a furry paw? So, so, you, so let me just clarify that he took off the Cosmo first. All right. Yeah, I just took it off with the little showroom and start. <laughs> <laughs> just the cars got him fired up, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. He saw that ride. He, he, he saw that cherry Corvette. Like, oh man, like, I have this. Just turn me on. Hey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Florida man who's of our ilk arrested for exposing himself to Burger King. When asked what was he doing, he replied, "What? I'm playing my <laughs> penis to get you riled up." <laughs> I thought you were gonna say one of his whoppers. But, you know, uh, <laughs> your own as far as, as, far as he's, he's, you know, no one liner. But uh, he was just like, "What?" <laughs> and what? <laughs> I stone cold. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! Mm-mm-mm. Footage shows crazed Florida woman throwing stones at at officers and living to tell about it. And, and what is she? Not us. Okay, yeah. So, see, see, folks, listen here. When they're not of our ilk and they get to lead car chases or throw rocks at them or curse them out. And they let to tell about it. That's called privilege. And she used it to the max. She pulled out a privilege card and said, look at this. And what? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Florida man pastor gets super kicked and stone cold stunned for asking for tithes and offering during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Kudos to that pastor, though. Because he got up after a super kick to get stone cold stunned. So you gotta think about this. The super kick is a great finisher, but he kicked out of it, got up, and then got stunned. So that, that dude has a hardcore chin. So for that, I give him credit. And to get into the church, he beat down the officers. He watched oh. church online, pastor asked for money. He got offended and went there and he 
gave him the business. Uh, he got that work, but you know what, Pastor? I mean, to kick out of a, a, a super kick, I mean, kudos to you, man. Because then you get up, and, they, and the next thing you know, you get stunned. I mean, he had a hard, he had a hardcore chin. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. Oh, my goodness. Crazy Florida woman arrested for throwing McDonald's hotcakes at neighbors because the neighbors refused to quit blocking the driveway. <laughs> you threw hotcakes at them? Yeah, she threw hotcakes at them, yeah. And those things are nasty anyway, and they're kind of rubbery, so those can be considered Very. a weapon. Those things can be considered a weapon, actually, because those things, after they got hard and cold, are nasty. I mean, they're nasty to begin with, warm, but if those things are already, you know, cooling down and hard, man, that's a weapon. Oh, my goodness. Florida woman drinks five beers off of a Walmart shelves, drunkenly grabs and squeezes a paramedic scrotum, says, these are mine. <laughs> and they weren't even hers, right? They weren't her man's, right? No. So, so, so she got beer muscles. That's what it's called, beer muscles. When you go around and drink a couple of beers and act a little rowdy, you know, a little bold, she went around and just squeezed my man's uh, knuckles. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, beer muscles. And, and, and what is she? Not us. Yeah, that's privilege, because if one of ours did that, I don't, I don't want to think about what, what happened to her. Man, here we go. Florida man says too much music and masturbation made him vandalize their ex-wife's home. Ha! Now was like ex-wife home and, and, and like getting on somewhere else? I guess he was. He, he was outside of a house. Yeah. To some cold played and got to messing with his uh, other play and <laughs> went in the house and made a play, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, like, maybe he was, like, keeping time for the window, so everybody getting busy, and then it really just, like, kind of aroused him and raised at the same time. <laughs> this is a weird story. Florida man arrested... After masturbating on his wife's pregnant stomach during labor. Ew. So, where are the nurses and the doctors on all this? I mean, once a dude starts straddling above his <laughs> above his wife's belly, like they're not like calling security at home. Like, how 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 do you get to that level? Like, I can the Navy. I can see they're pulling down his crowd. I'm proud. Right? Like, that way, no, I mean, everyone now is you know look preoccupied with the pregnant uh, mama. But once y'all kind of on top of her and like start start whacking it, like you gotta stop the game, man. You gotta call timeout. Like, go get the go get security. <laughs> how did they get that far? <laughs> how, how did they get that far? I mean, dropping trout. Everyone's preoccupied. Everyone's busy. Probably didn't notice that. But once he had his hat in his hand and it's like, like beating over her, her belly. Come on, man. You can't get that far, man. <laughs> this is weird. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. 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 Florida woman arrested after masturbating in Starbucks while high on crack. Ha! Like Paul Mooney said, man, tell the drugs. But you know what? Finally, the women are out there doing some public disorderly because two at a time, these guys are out there whacking off in public. <laughs> so now, like, it's opportunity now. Women's like, it's my turn. You know, from, you know what I'm saying? It's opportunity. Wow. Here we go. Florida woman arrested after being caught performing sex act on a highway rail by herself, wearing only a shirt, exposing herself to passing motorists, saying, quote, tear me up, tear me up. 
that's how you call it, like a multi-car pileup. All these, all these dudes passing by, rubbernecking, and, and you know, you know, throwing off the off the road, hitting that rail. So, yeah, just a, a shirt on. Yeah, and her butt's butted out while she did some on the railing side of the highway. <laughs> so she went full Winnie the Pooh with only a, a, a belly shirt, <laughs> and that's it. So she, she was trying to get it, man, trying to get it in. Wow. Florida man TV cop masturbated in front of woman and rubbed his juices on her. A cop? Yes. He started like rubbing his balls on her? Yeah. But they arrested him? Yeah, they did. I'm shocked. The rest of one of them. That's what I'm saying. Wow. I guess that's a little something progress. Because you know, mostly you know that you know that 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 blue line man strong. So I'm, I'm shocked they actually got one of their own for once. <laughs> we got final two to go here. Um, Florida woman caught on tape peeing in ice cream bucket and spitting on ice cream in the supermarket. Yes. Oh, see that she gone too far, man. Listen, if you want to whack it off, uh, you know, in public and at Walmart, you want to drink beers and grab scrotum, but do not mess my ice cream, yo. Do not mess my ice cream. But that, that right there gets you beat down faster than anything. Listen, if you got your own problem, own issues at the Walmart supermarket, go do your thing, but don't mess our food, yo. Oh, definitely. The last <laughs> one we got, Bone, is this. Florida man arrested after your lady neighbor's mailbox. <laughs> Just because? <laughs> Just because. See, good old Earl, Earl man. Yeah, Earl was like, listen, I'm bored. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> I can get into today. Oh, yeah. Let me go next door and pee in her mailbox. That makes sense. Boom. I told you this was wild today. <laughs> what are your thoughts on today's boss report, man? Two things come to mind quickly. The fact that the blue line doesn't cover all bases. They got that view on their own and say, nah, man, that is so grotesque and so nasty. We can't even defend it or cover it up for you. They got that one. And the second one is one of a guy that's out of our ilk changed it to Black Lives Matter. You know, I'm just right on, man. I know he got arrested for it, uh, even though Act 9 reasoning. But the fact that he went out out, out there on, on, on the edge for us, on the limb for us, you know, I, I would say props my man. And a passer took a super kick and a stone coast on it. Yeah, you know what? Anytime we, we do these, there's always a pass again, rock bottoms or board or speared or stunned or super kicked off. So, so, so that was always part of the course. But I will say that dude has a super chin, man. Y'all don't realize that super kick is a finisher on its own. To kick out at a two count <laughs> and then get stone cold stunned, that means your chin is solid. Yeah, yeah, it was solid. I, I was shocked to hit three that he, he he took two finishing moves. He took two to finish him off. It wasn't just that one. He he, he, he needed two to get him. <laughs> like, For real. That's like on a level of Shawn Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania, where Michaels gets tombstone like three or four times and kicks out every time. That man, that pastor needs to get contract ASAP. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, folks, as we boss report here on the Boss Man Show, we out. And if you don't know, now you know, you know.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.